Paul, Andy, Kevin. No. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts or spirits? I do. Yeah. Very strongly. Oh. Is it because of your upbringing? Uh, no, well, it's a little bit, but it's also because I believe that the more a person, like, the experiences, everything that a person goes through in life, like, when your life ends, it, it's kind of like matter in, the, in the, the rules of quantum physics. It's like mm -hmm. matter can neither be created nor destroyed, and with all of that, that experience, the shared everything, like, what you go through, that it, it has to go somewhere. It doesn't just. Think so? It doesn't just end right there with your with your life. It has to go somewhere. I'm inclined to agree with you on so, that. So I mean, that's that's yeah. what I've always believed. I've always believed that that there is a spirit within us, something that keeps us functioning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be more than just science. It's more than just I keep, I eat things and and that's it. Like there has to be reasons why like a 23 year old to just collapse of natural causes and die. And meanwhile, somebody who's unhealthy as fuck will live to be 98. Like, there's got to be some sort of factor that that makes us mm -hmm. run. And I feel like a spirit of some sort would be that. What about you, Kevin? I'm on the complete opposite end. If you don't have evidence to back it up, I think you're full of shit. I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I, I like to believe it, too. Just for the fact that if, by some weird chance, I die before Paul... I can just haunt him anytime he goes to the bathroom. Well, we can arrange that anyways, but... <laughs> I can send it to cameras. I'm going to taxidermy you and stick you in his corner. Oh my god, I'm going to zombie nation him. Just the head in his shower every day. Oh god. <laughs> no. No. Oh, it's perfect. No! Everybody. Hey guys, welcome back to the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. That's right. That's right. Episode three. We're already on episode three already. Episode number trace. Way too much energy trace. for me. Un, dans, trois. This is episode trois. Can you please just speak English? Well, One, two, three. Three. <laughs> three. Three. Okay, count. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, today we are talking about Survival horror. Yes. Paul's bread and butter, I baby. I love survival horror. I love being scared. I love playing video games in which you're just like, you're terrified like of what's around every corner. Yeah. <laughs> That's all? That's all. That's all I got. I was going to make a joke about survival horror when I walk in with my shirt off, but eh. <laughs> That's kind of survival horror. I was thinking of jokes of him having mirrors in his house. So. I, liked, <laughs> I was trying to formulate something too, but I'm not quick enough. <laughs> I, I like survival horror that I can see on a screen. Yeah. You take it into nightmare realm. That's no. Uh -uh, I don't like that. Well, what is it about survival horror you like so much? You know, I I don't know. It's just like constantly being on edge, constantly being in fear, but yet having the. <clears throat> I guess the safety to explore that fear without knowing that it's not happening to you, if that makes sense. So it's, living a fear through it's somebody kind else. Of, yeah, it's kind of like being able to experience this situation, this scary scenario, but in the safety of your own... Like, it's the same reason people love horror movies. Exactly. People... It doesn't make sense. It's, it, we hate being scared, 
However, we love being scared, if that makes sense. Because we do get mm. that dopamine we don't rush. Want, we don't want we to be in to that us, situation. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see it through other people where we have that safety yeah. of being able to experience what they're experiencing, thinking about it. It's almost actually like a... a it's also uh, uh, like a, a survival <clears throat> instinct. Like you see what's going on, so therefore uh, the fear, like you're constantly thinking like, oh, well, what would I do in this situation? Mm -hmm. And so you're able to then say, well, if I'm put in a similar situation, this is what I'm going to be doing. And you could do that safely instead of being hurled into some kind <laughs> of scary situation where you don't know what you're going to do. Just for yeah. a moment like that. Well, I remember in one of my psychology classes, they talk about fear. And, like, obviously in today's, well, maybe not today's society so much, but when we were growing up, like, fear for, at least for being a man, was viewed as weakness. You're supposed yes. to be fearless. You're supposed to mm. be a man of action. But now it's not so much that. It's it's If you're afraid, hey, why not? And mm -hmm. I remember in my psychology class, they had taught us that fear was actually a survival instinct. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it's it is. to keep you from being put in a position where now your life is at risk. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it, too. Yeah. It's just like a primal thing of being afraid to... I don't know. It's interesting. I, to be honest, I... Yeah, it makes, like... it. Yeah, it's a survival trait from, you know, generations ago when we were on running the savannah hunting and stuff like that. But I don't think since humans have entered modern times... So whatever, what, 200 years ago, whenever industrialized stuff, fear is just some one of those things that's a re leftover remnant from before that we just haven't evolved past. I guess mm -hmm. not. But I mean, I, I, I suppose not. Suppose I mean, it still has its purposes. Obviously, you get <clears throat> go across the street and you barely get hit by, you miss by a car. It's the fear is going to change how you perceive crossing the street from there forward. But mm -hmm. so I mean, there will always be some necessity for it, but. Not to the same way that it used to be. I'm almost wondering if it's tied into like that idea of um, self-preservation. Self-preservation. Remember that movie, The Happening? Yeah, <laughs> it was a shitty movie. Greatest though. movie ever. <laughs> it was really no, stupid. I'm not here to rob you. <laughs> what? Was that Mark no. Wahlberg? No. Was that Wahlberg yeah. in it? Mark Mark. I, I remember I, I like Wazama was in it. So the I, the premise behind the movie is that <laughs> as stupid as this sounds. Trees are well, tr all plants. All, all plants, plants basically are, yeah. start emitting a pheromone that removes human self-preservation uh, mechanic from our brain. It just shuts it Is off. Is that the one where the guy runs like into the lawnmower or something like yeah, that? He lays, he lays down, down in front of the, down front of the yeah. lawnmower and has the, the drive over lawnmower run over him. Yeah, it's Construction workers end up just like walking off the roof. Um, because they just lose that survival instinct and right. that desire to... No fear, nothing. Like, no you fear. just do. Which honestly doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't movie. make a whole lot of sense because it's like, just because you have no fear, why would you want your life to end? It more so makes I, you suicidal. Yeah. Would be, would be the oh, better well, way to put it. Okay. They, it actually, there is a fungus that actually does that to ants. Oh, yeah. It takes them over and controls. Well, you've played, have you played Last of Us? Yeah. yeah. Okay, the first one, you know, that, that the, the spores that take over yeah. everything? Yeah. That's based on a real fungus. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And it actually takes over ants, and, like, it'll take over their body, it'll climb them up to a certain height, and then it'll start sprouting out of their body. But it takes away all of their, like, self-preservation. They'll get eaten by predators and stuff like that and hmm. never even think twice about walking towards it. Oh, wow. It's pretty so, crazy. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, plants are fucked up. Like, they actually could yeah. fuck us up, but we'd probably just 
turn around with a flamethrower and be like, I got you, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> let's just blacktop all of her. Let's, let's go alien. Yeah. <laughs> Nuke her from orbit? That's right. <laughs> yeah, this will work. No problem. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll dive into what we're doing here. So, what do you think... Well, we just talked about what you feel defines the genre, huh? Well, what defines the genre is uh, of of survival horror is uh, limited resources. Yeah. Um, we're used to games where it's like, if you have a gun, you have infinite bullets for it. And so you're not scared of... Headband. Infinite bullets. Oh, yeah. Infinite <laughs> ammo, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, infinite ammo, yeah. Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear reference. reference. Um, but yeah, it's... it's uh, you're used to the games where it's like, if you have a gun, you have unlimited bullets, therefore every every enemy that you encounter, you're expected to kill it. So therefore, there's no fear. It's just trying to plow through as quickly as you can. Yeah. Well, survival horror kind of takes that away where you have limited resources, so now you have to... There's a, a, a strategy in, uh, in addition to having to survive and get through. So you can't just plow your way through. You have to plan what you're going to be doing. Hmm. See, I don't know. I, Resident Evil t 4, at least, takes that entire idea and smashes it. It's still survival horror, but it focuses less on the, ooh, I have nothing, and more of the atmosphere and, like, the setting and being the horror aspect. That's, and I suppose, I, if we go out and break it down into, like, subgenres. That It would and, be action horror. Yes. Yeah, and so, but yes. it's, it's and, still technically a survival horror, because you're still trying to survive the and, situation. And Resident Evil actually is somewhat of an anomaly when it comes to, to my beliefs of survival horror, because obviously, my first experience into the world of survival horror was... Resident Evil 1. Yeah. Um, the first time I played that game, I absolutely fell in love with it. I was terrified the first time that you walked down one of the hallways and the dog jumps through the window. Oh, I think God. I think anybody who has ever played that game before will know exactly that moment, like <laughs> that terrifying moment yeah. when the dog jumps through the window. Um, but I just, I absolutely fell in love with it. It defined what the genre was. Resident Evil 2, again, great great survival horror it, it 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 did everything great it's one of my favorite games of all time resident evil 3 started kind of turning the 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 i guess the the channel on survival horror where you had a lot of weapons you had a mm. lot of actions you had a lot of zombies coming at you and it's it it, it wasn't. Even with some of the best weapons, though, Nemesis is still something to be completely feared. Nemesis is terrifying. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sorry because, like, especially when you go from like Resident Evil like two, and all of a sudden, like, oh, I can walk through a door, and that's it. They can't follow me. To all of a sudden, I walk through a door, and Nemesis punches the door off the frame, Mr. and has, yes, has his rocket launcher, and you're like, well, I'm fucked. Because <laughs> actually, in Resident Evil two, Mr. X terrified the hell Mr. out of me. Mr. X did that too, and he never like you left. The, the screen that he was on, and that was it. Like, you didn't have to worry about him, but I was still terrified of him. Nemesis completely yeah. changed that because it's like you had to go, and he would follow you through like two or three rooms. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god. Especially like, when he had like rocket launcher or the, the. Didn't he have a Gatling gun at one point, too? Or was that only for the movie? I think that was for the movie. Well, I know he, he, had, had, he had the rocket, he had yeah. the rocket launcher, but um, but no, I still remember that. Like, the, the, the music, anytime that, that Nemesis was close. That was terrifying. Yeah. So it's like you still had you still had the the survival horror. It felt like true survival horror. Then four really kind of turned the genre on its head because it became more of that action 
uh, like action horror versus the survival horror. Yeah. You were finding a lot of bullets. You were you were defeating a lot of enemies, and it was more so just trying to plow through all these guys. And Resident Evil Five really, oh. as much as yeah. five, six, five and six don't exist to me. <laughs> yeah, as I know, I know. Five had its moments. I think the first half of the game was was fantastic. It was it was survival horrorish, and then from like chapter four on. Um, it just completely. I was like, when did this become a Tom Clancy game? Like, it just <laughs> pretty I much. I don't get it. The games became an over the over the shoulder yeah. shooter as yeah. opposed to survival horror. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if that's also because of the evolution of the systems, like the the generations of consoles, because they could do more with it, it. If that makes sense. It may have, but I really do think that. I really do think that Capcom got complacent when it came to the Resident Evil series I think because so too. because they thought, you know what, we say what you want about Capcom, but they are the grandfathers of survival horror. Yeah. Um, even even back when uh, when they made uh, Sweet Home, actually for the Nintendo. It's true. That was the first, I, I think, one of the very first true survival horror games. Um, I say, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything on PC. I'm actually if, if you get the purist, they'll they'll even say uh, games like uh, Haunted House, House on the Atari 2600. They're like that's survival horror, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if you could really <laughs> truly consider it that. But yeah, maybe. but are you drawing a hard line because of technology limitations? That might be it. But see that and that yeah. that could just be exactly what's happening with <clears throat> the newer Resident Evils is you're drawing a line because all of a sudden there's a different set of hard hardware limitations. Yeah, but so all of a sudden they're able to actually do all the stuff they envisioned. Yeah, so. but but Capcom, I think they really they they lost their way because they said we can do whatever we want. We created the genre, and if Resident Evil 4, which was a popular game, sold a lot of like arguably one of the best selling ones. It's yeah. been on. Well, let's see. It was released on GameCube, yep. and it's been on PS2, PS2 the Wii, Xbox the 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox yeah. One, the Wii. It's on the yeah. yeah it's it's on the Wii. Wii. Right. Yeah. It's actually coming to the Switch. Yeah, yeah. it's coming to the Switch so, too. Yeah. So it's yeah, been on right. damn near every generation so, yeah. for the past two or three generations of consoles. So they had a, a very well received game, and so they said there's nothing we can do wrong. So then they c continued in that vein, kind of losing what survival horror was at that point. And I think that it took and and as sad as this is, Silent Hills had so much potential. It, oh yeah, it, it was it was a fantastic game. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't even win like some like game of the year awards for just the, just a fucking demo. Just a demo. <laughs> it won awards. Like people love this game, and that's what it took for Cap or yeah for Capcom to realize when they went back to Resident Evil Seven, they got back into that what survival horror is, and it's not about the nonstop action. It's not about plowing through people it's about limited resources it's about the the uh kind of like the history of what you're going through and just kind of leading you through this well-told story that is just filled with just terrifying things in my opinion the the like survival horror comes down to helplessness it's that feeling of there's something big and bad in my way. I can't do anything about it. Exactly. I have to run. Clock Tower is a very good example yes, it of is. this. Silent Hill series is is the same thing. It's you are never overtly powerful enough to take nope. down everything in in Silent Hill. Mm -mm. You you're a resort you resort to a lot of running. In fact, your character, even in the in the first Silent Hill, like if you are on 
a uh, like a stoop of mm-hmm. a uh, of a of a home, and you go off the the stoop, you fall off of it. Your character will stumble and yeah. will and will fall to their knee. Yeah. Like I like that is a true survival horror because these people aren't like these superheroes. These superheroes, army army buff guys and 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 gals and stuff like that it was an everyday man or woman who was thrown into these mm-hmm. this this horrible situation that they now have to face yeah. except for then re can't be qualified because the entire stars team are the elite of the elite for mili- for police and well, military that's, that's just a type to so, me that's just yeah survival horror can kind of this is now don't rip me apart on this but and I'm sure there's exceptions, but I feel like it kind of boils down to three separate categories. You have psychological horror, kind of like Eternal Darkness. Oh, yeah. Uh, ones like that where it kind of screws with your brain a little bit. You have Jump Scare, which which Resident Evil started, kind of became at some point. Jump scare, yeah. It was kind of Jump Scare horror. And then you have that helplessness horror, where that, that feeling of it's the world against me, and I can't really do much about it. I almost feel like you're... Like, uh, of your three types, it's like the first and the third. Like they're kind of like those are both psychological, more so to a point, I suppose. Not but there's a helplessness. Well, no, because there is an entire subgenre of games based on Lovecraftian horror mm-hmm. that yeah. is absolute psychological horror that will Call of Cthulhu, which yeah, is will Call make Cthulhu, you yeah, it'll mess with you to the point where you stop playing for a while and walk away. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the helplessness for like Resident Evil is oh I have six bullets. There's however many zombies in my mm-hmm. way. Okay, I gotta go around now. They're yeah. very different. I mean, yeah, yeah that's true. technically yeah. even jump scare is a form of psychological horror. Right. So yeah. technically, every, yeah, it doesn't right. matter how you break it down, they're all mm-hmm. gonna fall under psychological yeah. at some point. At some point, point. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Because uh, our buddy Tim uh, kind of described this to me when he was talking about Dead Space. He loves the Dead Space games. They're very good. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of jump scare. But he never felt helpless because in Dead Space you are, you're, yeah, yeah you're kind of played off as a John Everyman. You're you're just an engineer, but you have this power suit and a, this fucking line gun that just shreds these fucking aliens apart. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, it, I, yeah, there were points I was scared, but I never felt like I couldn't handle what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Unlike, like I said, Silent Hill. Yeah, is there are times where you see shit and you're like, I can't reasonably fight this. No, like I have to run. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Clock Tower obviously is like the farthest in the helplessness pile because you literally can't you, fight him at all. You <laughs> literally have no weapons whatsoever, and you have yeah. to resort to hiding whenever you encounter him. Which then comes down to chance. <laughs> Which then comes down to chance because he may find you, and that is terrifying when you are hiding underneath the box, and he will literally. Start walking away, and then he comes back and he lifts those scissors and just fucking stabs the box. Oh my god, I'm getting scared again. Well, actually, there's a game like that that actually takes that style thing and makes it go a step further. Uh, Alien Isolation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for PS3, yeah. From what I understand, mm-hmm. there was a version that was supposed to use, I don't know if it actually does or not, but it was supposed to use like the Connect and like the PlayStation Move, the cameras and stuff, mm. so that like it picked up ambient audio so if you made too much noise oh wow the alien would actually recognize that there's too much noise so like say you're playing it and rocky barks the alien knows exactly where the fuck you are <laughs> oh wow that's really cool <laughs> that's actually. clever that is very clever. so it takes that yeah, entire yeah. clock tower thing and then takes like turns it up to 11 yeah exactly there's actually this is kind of a, a tangent um when you said something about pt so tim was over last night we were he, we were celebrating something 
And uh, he showed me this game. I don't know if you've heard of it called Vi- Vis- Visage. Visage, yeah. V i s a g e. It sounds familiar, Visage? but I can't. I'm not. I'm not. Take PT. Yeah. And turn it into the game it was supposed to be. It's honestly like super mind fucky. Yeah, but like, also, I mean, is it's uh, really good, isn't it? Like, uh, have you ever heard of Allison Road? Like that was Allison Road was like the game that yeah. was supposed to be the spiritual successor to PT, and I don't. But even wasn't know that what, one? That's still in development. I think, yeah, but I, I don't even know if they're still like. Are they still developing it? Is it still? I don't know. Because well, I knew there was it was a really really small team from what yeah, I understood. It was super small. But like everything I had seen looked all right. It did. It. Yeah. This visage. Um, I'll have to show you a video later. But yeah. it, like the opening scene is this guy. He's he's there's like a six shooter on the table and and you. Like, you see him start loading the bullets kind of, like, half-ass into it. Like, he's struggling with it. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing these people in these chairs, like, tied up, you know, duct taped or whatever. And then he kind of stumbles over, and he just starts picking them off one by one, kind of reluctantly. Mm. And then after he does, he shoots himself in the head. Oh, wow. And then when the game opens, you're waking up in just a room, kind of like P.T. did. And you exit the room, and then you're just in a house. And you have to, like, explore this house. And if you're in the dark too long, you, you start to lose sanity and stuff. And just oh, okay. shit starts happening. Yeah. It's, it was really cool. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll show it to you later. You know, that was one thing that I, I sort of wish that games had done more of is with uh, Eternal Darkness, how they had the whole sanity meter. And the higher your sanity was, the more the game messed with you. And you mean things, the lower your sanity? Oh, the lower your sanity yeah. was, yeah. The, the, the more it was messing with you, and the more things that you would experience that were just like, what is going on? I deleted on? your save file. You mean <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I remember, like, there, like, even there would be times where it's like I would pause it, and I would be looking at something in my menu, I'd unpause it, and all of a sudden my character would just split in half. And I'm just like, <laughs> what just happened? There was no, there was no enemies, but like, yeah. there was nothing around me. And then game over pops yeah. up. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, what did I do? Was I not supposed to pause right here? <laughs> and then it starts all over again, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> that game it's really like, was a really it, good. It was so career. unique with that sanity meter, and it's something that that I I don't know if it was just hard to develop and and hard to do things like that, but it seems like games could have used that as a core mechanic for survival horror and horror games and it's just not many games have really tried to utilize it anymore. I think it's just because that game was more of a cult following than a commercial success it, yeah it, it really was not was, uh, it really was not a commercial success but man oh man does that game like it it is really good yeah it's one of those things too though where I suppose once you've once it happens it kind of loses its effect pretty quickly. I suppose. You know maybe. I mean? But yeah. see, with, with modern mm-hmm. hardware, they could get around that. Yeah, and in... I Eternal, mean, you could program a lot Eternal of Darkness, stuff. Darkness, yeah, there was a limited... I think there's like a couple hundred things that could happen to you. But with modern systems, you could probably have it so it procedurally generates what happens. So you don't get the same thing happening. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it would be pretty freaking cool. So what do you hope will ever happen with the genre? Like, what, what would you like to see happen in survival horrors? Like, for me, when VR came out and Resident Evil 7, get out. That, to me, is is the perfect vehicle for survival horror. Minus the movement thing, because I know you had an issue with I the movements. I got sick as a dog playing it because of the, because yeah. of the, the, the stilted, stilted movement. But I feel like that a complete immersion 
is exactly what VR it's, should should yeah. aim for. Like mm-hmm. that's that you could do so much with it and play into fears and stuff like that that I think it would just be insanely good. Okay, yeah. so you remember and I loved it. You remember when I told you guys about that VR thing where it took you like basically through the, like the maze that's all set up and you could interact with it? Yeah, that, yeah. That take that incorporate incorporate VR with it, but then also have stuff so you trigger something, you walk by a fireplace or something, have ambient smells and heat stuff in the actual environment you're walking through, so you mm-hmm. can smell the stove as you're walking by it, and then add actual like actors and stuff into it, so it's an interactive like horror, that would be the pinnacle of survival horror to me. That would be cool. Well, I mean, and I hate to do this again, because, I mean, going back to P.T., but it's like I can only imagine if PT would have been in VR. Oh. Like as you're walking, like you are immersed <laughs> in there. You're walking through this hallway. You see Lisa for the first time across the hallway. Across the hallway, oh. this freaking tall being, and like you are looking at that. Or it's not just you looking at that at that baby. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> or, in the or, or as some call it, the jelly bean with a face. <laughs> uh, but you see it in the uh, in the bathroom sink, and it's like you're not just seeing it on a screen; you are seeing it with your eyes through VR. Like that would have been God, absolutely amazing I, and terrifying. I think you had left before this happened, but when when we played it, but uh, it was the scene when you turn around and she just snaps your neck. Mm-hmm. Like, she shows up in your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could not imagine that in VR, dude. I literally probably would have shit myself. Yeah. I actually, I kind of agree with with you, Kevin, about, like, making it more immersive. Like, they could come out with, like, um, well, they're almost like a vest well, with, like, sensors that would trigger. They actually have those. Yeah. Like, they, I've always thought were, that'd be a cool idea with, like, shooters, where if your they, character gets shot in the chest, you feel it the on the The earliest ones I remember were for PC, and they were for, basically, Call of Duty and stuff like that. Yeah. They were rumble vests. They that actually would be exist. so cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Like, haptic feedback of that kind, yeah, I would love it. But actually, the ones I, I for haptic feedback, like, that would be coolest is the uh there's ones that are using they're developing these ultrasonic Mm. so when you actually touch stuff in the game ultrasonic can actually make it feel like you picked up an object yeah and and so like imagine going through the environment and using something like that and brushing up against it and just being like what the fuck was that Mm because like all you're seeing is your actual point of view Yeah. yeah I have God to. Dude. I have to say, it's. Um, I think honestly, as, as far as the future of survival horror, yeah, that total immersion, um, and I, I will admit, when VR first came to the scene, I thought, oh, this is going to be just like 3D movies, like it, <laughs> passing it's, fad. It's just a fad. It's going to. It, it's going to come. It's going to die. It's not going to be received well. And boy, was I proven wrong. Like VR has been absolutely amazing. And I remember the first time I ever played. Uh, the first game I ever played on VR was actually Rush of Blood. Mm, um, yeah. And so it's like being immersed in that, like that was that was amazing. Like yeah. you were on a roller coaster while you're like looking at things and it's like, I can't believe this is this is a reality. Yeah. And so now it's like with that total immersion into a survival horror game, you can basically be put front and center into the scenario but still in the safety of your own home. So it's like you will get total fear immersion 
and you can enjoy it because you know that you're safe on your couch yeah. or safe in your living room wherever it wherever where your it friends is. are fucking with you slapping the side of your head when shit happens Honestly, the, yes. Only, yes. Like, the only thing I see as limitation for like VR currently I don't know how, how much VR have you two played no, I mean, not much. Limited. It's limited. Limited. Yeah. Like, the games you've played so far, it, you've played the ones where basically to move, you don't actually walk. Your character just kind of jumps to the next segment. Uh, what, what was that one game where it was, uh, like, you versus all the robots that go berserk? Yeah. Hu- I, I don't remember the name of it. Damn it. It's not Human Resource Machine. I don't know, but, like... You, the, mm-hmm. One of the biggest drawbacks for VR right now, outside of like the interactive setups where you have a computer on your back, is that developers have found that when you're walking mm-hmm. in a VR game, because you're not actually moving... Makes you sick. Makes the vast majority of people motion sick. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's another thing, too, is because you do move in um, Resident Evil 7... And that might be another reason why I was getting so so sick playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, uh, uh, Vanderhoof, actually said that he wants us to try and actually play Seven, and I'm all for it. I would love to play Resident Evil Seven because that game kind of took I, Resident Evil back to its roots. It did. Now it's survival horror again. It, it at did. least for the first half. It did, and I'm but, uh, and I'm glad that Capcom did what they did because yeah, with with uh, PT and Silent Hills being canceled, they saw that and they saw the reception that it got, and they said, all right. Yes, we've kind of lost our way. We've got to get back to the core mm-hmm. of what survival horror was, and they really did that with Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. So, but I would like to try, and I think he said there are a few tricks you can do that'll actually help keep you from getting sick, but I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. It keeps you from getting that nauseous feeling of things moving while you're not, but I don't remember exactly what they were. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to talk to him again. Maybe that's something we'll have to try because I, yeah, I would like to play it, but I think you would actually have a bigger kick out of it than I would. Uh, well, I would, but I'm I, I'm still I'm a little hesitant to to play it in VR just because of the fact like I just I remember how sick I got playing it the, <laughs> that first time. Um, I guess I'm blessed with an iron stomach, man. That's, that that shit be, doesn't make me sick. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, but be. you play it long term is different from playing short term. I suppose that's true. Yeah, I played it for like an hour, hour and a half, and by the time I was done, I was just like, uh, need to throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we covered a lot of this, so we'll move on to, uh, we've, we've hit one end of the spectrum with Resident Evil. We talked about that quite in length. Let's shift gears, go to Silent Hill. Uh, to me, Silent Hill and Resident Evil are like the two kingpins of survival horror. Like, I don't think anybody can question that. Mm-hmm. Like, the survival or the Silent Hill franchise definitely epitomizes that, that, that feeling of uselessness and just that overwhelming... Just everything's coming to get me, and I have no way to fight it. And like I know Silent Hill 2 is one of your favorite games of all time. So take us through it. It is. Take so, us through the start of Silent Hill and your love for the series. So it's so funny because Silent Hill came out um, in 1989. And so by that point, I think actually the first three Resident Evils had already come out at that point, or at mm-hmm. least the first two did. I'm not sure if Resident Evil 3 came out before or after Silent Hill 1. So uh, Resident Evil was the godfather of, of the, the survival horror genre, but Silent Hill just seemed to have gotten it right. Like, I guess they had a, a great instructor with Resident Evil, and they knew what they, what they wanted to do, but they really did a lot of things to really... Um, I don't know, really to, to build on the mythos of survival horror and just create that atmosphere, like having the uh, like the fog, 
mm. where it's like that was actually a trick that they did because they they couldn't render the graphics fast enough and so what they did was they created the fog so that they didn't have to do that. So it was that very it, clever. So that it could build as you're moving towards it so that it didn't have to have it displayed when you're nowhere close to it. And so yeah. it's like it's something that they were trying to do to to make things like easier for them or doable and yet it became just this perfect staple of what Silent Hill was. It's this foggy town that mm-hmm. has no people in there or very <laughs> limited people in there and you were just like what is going on in here? It was that feeling of being enclosed, but it really, not yes. being enclosed. Yeah, exactly. It was very clever. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell. You you know, you could hear the radio. You know that there's something out there, but it's like, where is it? I can't see it because you're just surrounded by this fog. I remember that game was, uh, they said, ideally you should have played that with surround sound because the radio would actually play in the surround sound based on the direction the monsters were coming from. So if you heard it coming from the right, you knew the monster was on your right. If it was coming mm. from behind you, you knew the monster was behind you somewhere. I didn't think they supported I, surround yeah, sound. I, I, I don't know. I think support, it did. They support stereo, unless, but I don't think they support surround sound. Unless you might be thinking of when they when they uh, did the reimagining of Silent Hill 1's uh, Shattered Maybe. Memories. That might be what you were thinking. Maybe that's what it was. Because I know PS1, I, think... I think, only had stereo, mono or stereo output. Yeah, and pretty, stereo is yeah, only 2.1, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they didn't have that. They, they didn't have that for the first one. But then again, I never played it in surround sound, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, Silent Hill One. They they took that that helplessness. They did a, a fantastic job building on that. Um, and then with Silent Hill Two, they just they freaking hit a home run with it because they basically had not only the fear in there, but they told a wonderful story where you find out through the course of the story that uh, your your uh, uh, what's your character's name. Um, uh, James Sunderland, I believe. Yeah, James Sunderland. And you, you are you're in Silent Hill. You are really just depressed because your wife had died, and she's been dead for like two or three years. You get this letter from her saying, "Come meet me in our special place of Silent Hill." And so then it starts off this whole thing like, wait a minute, he just got a letter from his dead wife, and now you're going into Silent Hill, like you're you're just you're invested from the from the get go. And then as you go deeper and deeper, you find out the true story of what happened to his wife, what he went through, what she went through, and it just literally, and I am not ashamed to admit it, Silent Hill 2 was the first game that I was ever in tears playing when I got to the end and I was hearing the story and just the voice acting and everything I'm like this is an emotional roller coaster unlike I've ever played with any Resident Evil game like it just never Resident Evil was was great but it just never had that that strong story that you just felt invested with yeah I suppose but also like it's <clears throat> it's funny that like people like to look at Resident Evil and say that they've gone off the deep end, like you know as far as narrative stuff goes mm-hmm. and how it's gone over the top, but completely forget the fact that Silent That's... Hill <laughs> like had aliens and a dog running the entire thing. That was an un that that's non canonical ending. It doesn't Stop. matter. Stop. They Stop. exist within the universe. They do and are referenced all over the other games. Canonical. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're there. They went off the deep end long before Resident Evil ever even thought about going off the deep end. They did, but you know what though? I th- and and this is something too that um, 
that I, I think more people need to, to realize, too, is that Resident Evil, everybody always says, like, oh, the bad voice acting and It was and, meant and to be a Romero-style, like, exactly. cheesy horror It movie. was meant to be a B-movie horror yeah. Like stylized game, like a like a George Romero's Dawn of the Dead and all that stuff. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it? Blood, blood. <laughs> that scene is Jill, so fucking great. Go see if you can find any other clues. I'll be examining this. I hope this is not Chris's blood. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, it was absolutely terrible. But that's what they were going for. And with Silent Hill, I I think they were going for a true horror experience like through and through it wasn't supposed to be uh it wasn't supposed to be satirical it wasn't supposed to be uh funny but then i think that's probably why they put in those kinds of endings like with the dog and the ufos is because it was just kind of like i don't know for i don't care what you you say the ufo ending is the canon ending for for all (laughs) for all that you go through it's like no the game can kind of take itself like a little it can make itself silly at at times and so it's like for what you go through it's kind of a nice touch to me that it's like, yeah, it can embrace its silliness, but it does not diminish the quality of how scary and terrifying the game is and what it puts you through. Yeah. Um, from the first time you hear that alarm going off and you know, you see the screen just kind of go dark and you're just like, oh my God, like what the hell is going on? And now all of a sudden it's like things that you thought were like they were one way and now it's like yeah. walls are now grates and they're like fences and it's just oh god it was the perfect perfect way to tell a story That's, yeah. and so I think that honestly it's so tough to debate like if for at least for me w- like who did it better who reigned supreme is it Resident Evil or Silent Hill because Resident Evil like I think that Silent Hill has Resident Evil to thank for the uh for the direction that they went, but at the same time, they did it so much better. Well, I'm gonna say like than Resident Evil. Resident Evil is the the monster mashup of the of the horror genre. And it's always going to Whereas, be. Whereas like Silent Hill is more of the you know Leatherface, the creature like the the pyramid or head. the hills and yeah. the the hills have eyes. Mm. It's more of the the there is something out there. But it's not necessarily always going to be a creature in your face. I suppose, like, supernatural would be a better way to put it. Like, Silent Hill kind of leans more, like, supernatural, otherworldly. Resident Evil goes, like, biological, like, mutations. But see, that's the thing is, like, even with Silent Hill, there are certain aspects of it that the way it's played out, it can be an entire delusion in the character's head. Well,. Uh, and that's why you can't say it's supernatural because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's actually happening to them or if they're they're just losing their fucking mind from like uh, the guy that is it the first character whose wife's in the trunk at the beginning of the car Harry? you never even know it's the Harry Mason the, the one who one? killed his wife Harry yeah one of them the 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 guy that the, he's got the letter from his wife the wife is in the car at the oh, beginning of the game yes yes uh, that's two that James and Sutherland's like, character yeah he, he could literally just be going off the deep end and wander through some town and the the stuff he's interacting with could just be the people in his town and and he's delusional yeah and that's actually uh people have debated that and stuff like that like his yeah his wife is in the trunk of the car at the beginning of it and so when he um so like when you get the bad ending and stuff like that he drives his car into uh into the lake yeah into i think it's like toluca lake and um you realize that like his wife's in the trunk and so she's yeah like he kills himself with 
his wife, which she was already dead. Well, he just had her body in the trunk. But he had her body in the trunk. I was about to say, isn't it like the overall idea of Silent Hill is that the characters are dead? Or like there's some form of a hell or something like that? See, but but again, that goes into the, is it a literal hell or is it just a perceived hell that they're putting themselves through? There is no definitive thing anywhere in Silent Hill that I'm aware of that says, yes, this is really happening. It's... It, well, and I think that that's why it does it so well is because it can be perceived in both ways. Yeah. And I think that each, each way, I think it's each a, way it's you perceive it to be that way. Yeah. Though, and think, each yeah. way you perceive it is correct. Like <laughs> there's no there's no wrong way to perceive it. And yes, from from what you said, that is what the core of Silent Hill really became with, um, from Silent Hill two on. Because yeah. number one, it really wasn't about like, it, it really was just kind of a a, a father's journey to try to get his daughter back to understand yeah. what ended up happening to her um silent hill 2 really is what transformed it into the town of silent hill is a it's an allegory for what like punishment that this person should receive yeah. and so it's like even in the form of the creatures that you that you experience that you run into it is a reflection on what the your what your character has gone through and what um like the the, the uh i guess what they've been doing it's like uh, so he was he was sexually repressed because he couldn't like his wife was in the hospital and so they they couldn't be intimate so a lot of like the characters that you uh, that you uh, run into or a lot of the enemies, it's like you've got the, the sexy nurses that don't have faces. <laughs> you've yeah. got, like, uh, the... Uh, you've got creatures that have, like, bodies that, that their chest opens up, and it's like... It, it's all, like, an allegory of what he had been going through mm. and, and things of that nature. Um, and so, yes, it then kind of turned into Silent Hill was more of an allegory of the character's... I guess punishment or like emotional trauma. Emotional trauma. Yes, okay. that's a better way of. of See, okay, it. I do have one question. Like, I know people like say that certain creatures represent certain sins and things that the people done. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a legitimate thing that the developers have said? Yes, this is what they represent. It is. Or is it a Alice in Wonderland type situation where it's after the fact people are reading information into the story. No, I think um, uh, the guy who created a lot of the the monsters, uh, Masahiro Ito, um, he has gone on record and said that yeah, that 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 was the that was the inspiration for a lot of of characters. So, in I think it's yeah, but is, does this apply to the series as a whole, or is it just individual games and creatures? Well, that's see- where that's where. I would say individual games and creatures, but because, like, with Silent Hill 1, they really didn't have a formula at that point. Yeah. They knew what they wanted to do. They knew what the end goal was, but they weren't thinking about, like, allegorical stuff. They weren't thinking about that. Two, three, four, well, yeah, well, maybe two and three for sure. The, the, The creatures were designed with that in mind. Like, the things, the emotional trauma, they built on that. So there was a character who was, I, I think that she had suffered in Silent Hill 3, she had suffered some uh, uh, some emotional and physical abuse from her father, and so one of the characters, or one of the enemies that you fight, and like one of the boss characters, is basically a guy, it's like it's like a big giant bed. And so, and it's that's basically because of the, the abuse and everything that you went through, that was one of the the creatures that you fought. Mm-hmm. Um, 
by the time Silent Hill 4 came around, I don't know if they were necessarily doing that, and definitely I would say by like Silent Hill Homecoming, um, Silent Hill Downpour, they just, I, I don't think the creatures had anything to do with that kind of... Hmm. So that's what I was wondering, because like, yeah, I know, especially with Silent Hill 2, it's a lot of, okay, this creature represents this and that and that, but yeah. like... The more I look at the it, series, the less it I was see more, that. It That's... was more of... So, Team Silent was the first... Like, they were the team, the core team that created Silent Hill. And they worked on Silent Hills 1, 2, and 3. And I believe they may have done 4, but I'm not 100%. And after that, it wasn't Team Silent anymore. And mm. so that's, I think, that was a very Team Silent thing to do, was to create characters or enemies that were based on what the character was going through. Um, and then when it wasn't Team Silent anymore, when it was developed by the other the other companies, they just kind of threw that to the wind and they said, what can we do that's really that's mm. really just disgusting and, and really scary? Um and it's not to say, I mean, there was some really scary enemies in the later Silent Hill games, but it didn't have as strong a meaning mm -hmm. as it did in the earlier games. Mm. But yes, they did go on record saying that okay. in the beginning, it was definitely something. It's not just clues that people picked up on years later and are trying to make these these. Well, like jumps. I said, people have a habit of like reading stuff <laughs> into stories. They do. Like I said, Alice yeah. in Wonderland yeah. is a great example because... A lot of people are like, oh, it's a story about drugs and sh this shit and that. And none of that happened, like, was inferred into that story until, mm -hmm. like, the 60s. Exactly. When, <laughs> when, when like, that's what was going on. It was literally was, just yeah. a, a nonsense story he told, the, like, his friend's child that he sort of had a crush on or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was just nonsense he made up to as a bedtime story. And then, like, later on, it's like, oh, yeah, the rabbit represents cocaine and... Like, yeah, okay, the one drug reference that's actually in there is the caterpillar smoking a hookah. That's the only one in the entire story. <laughs> Which is so funny, because the hookah is, like, before, like, the common person even knew what a hookah was at yeah. that point. <laughs> that's so yeah. funny. Um, I would say my the most experience I have with Silent Hill would be the third one, because I remember mm. my younger brother playing it a lot, and I remember Heather very, very closely. And I, I always remember... You, you remember Silent Hill 4, too. God, what a terrible game. I honestly, four fell off for me. Uh, escort to the nth degree. It was terrible. <laughs> but three, I, now, I, I've never played two. I've never experienced two, so I don't know if this was already in two, but um, the one thing I remember really loving about three was, like you said before, like the way you transition between the worlds. Where, like, she would go into a bathroom and, like, turn the, the tub faucet on and it's blood coming out, and then all of a sudden you're in the nightmare world again. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just cool touches like that that even, like, translated into the future, like, games a bit. Which, mm -hmm. and I stand steadfastly by this statement, Silent Hill the movie was probably the best game-to-movie adaptation ever done. Like, it, it was, was seriously, it replicated the feel what? of the games it was, so well. I'm it, sorry, Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but just the way, like... Mario the, Brothers was good. Just I the way the horn, or the, the siren goes it, off yeah, and everything yeah. peels it, away was so resonant, or so Silent Hill 3. It, it was, was so, it was, it was so true to its source material. Yes. Um, they, yeah, they threw in the, the, uh the added story of like the the mine fire or the coal fire that was yeah. burning underground and so uh actually in Silent Hill 1 the the stuff that's that's 
floating down, that's snow. It's actually snow in, in the game. But in the movie, they say, oh, it's because of the coal ash. fire, it's ash that's that's falling down, which, nice touch. But, that's but fine. doesn't it also pull, like, pull, like, do a, like, a shout back to the fact that some of the early Silent Hill stuff was based off that town that is closed with the coal fire underneath? I they, sent they, that to you. They drew inspiration? Yeah, uh, from, uh, well, uh, not, in, not in the video game, but in the movie... Oh, okay. Uh, so, I thought like they were yeah, they, they kind the, of pulled in, inspiration for that even in the games. In the, no, not in the game. No, but Centralia, in, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Centralia, Pennsylvania. There we go. Centralia. It was the basis of the design for Silent it Hill. It certainly was. I was actually there last year. Yeah. I went to Centralia. You yeah. fucking dick. I did. You asshole! I said this is something we should have done together. I'm, I hate you so much. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. going to fucking destroy you later. <laughs> it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it was a road trip to Pennsylvania. It's like a, it's an 11 hour uh, car ride. Uh, that's why you didn't want to do it. You I, I couldn't be stuck with me for I long. couldn't. I couldn't be stuck. No, and that's one way. I would have been stuck with you for at least 22 hours then. Because that was something. So, I, boy, let's see. That's two major things that he that we didn't do together that we said we were. Centralia and then fucking fun spot. God, I hate you so much. You didn't even know about Fun Spot when I decided to go there. Yeah, and then you guiltily fucking confessed to me, Andy. <laughs> Andy, don't be mad. I've already been there. I've already been there. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Anywhere else you want to go? The fucking moon? You want to go to the moon, bitch? God damn it. Andy, I got something to tell you. I'm I've sorry. Been to the moon. What? <laughs> I've been to the moon before. <laughs> it's got great music. Guess what? You're about to go there, too, and it's going to be my ass in your face. Suck tails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, but yes, uh, Centralia was was the real life story of uh, that was that was based or that uh, that they based Silent Hill one the movie on, okay. um, in which there was actually a, a fire that started under the town. Um, I believe it started in 1962, and it is still. I don't know if it's necessarily like it's not like a raging inferno, it's but it's still, but it's but it's still smoldering underneath the town, and the town went from about two thousand well, people. Major coal mining town. Well, yeah, because a, a lot of towns in Pennsylvania, it was a it was a large coal mining uh, area, and uh, it had about two thousand people, and now as of the last census, um, there was only a population of about maybe ten people in there wow. and those people like they they've actually i don't know if they've condemned the town but uh the the government basically said that, that people can't move into the town um they have to move out the only people who are still living there are the people who are basically grandfathered in saying no i'm not i'm not i'm not, I'm not leaving i i was born here i'm gonna die here i just i want to stay this is my home mm -hmm. and so those are the only people who are still there but um but yeah, when you actually look at it, it's it's so weird to actually see Centralia because you see like tall grass and stuff like that, and you realize like this was a this was a road, like this was yeah. a, a main street on like in Centralia, and sidewalks that are just covered in in grass and just crazy things that it's wow. that it's like it, it's so it's so hard to envision that this used to be a. A, a, a town that people like could travel to and call home and visit and share like holidays with. And it's wow, just crazy. Like, yeah, it's just so weird. So, but yeah, that's the real life inspiration for uh, for Silent Hill. But that's cool. Yeah, we'll go there someday, Kevin. Without <laughs> I'm leave his I'll go. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. What a dick. Oh, I'm butthurt as hell about this. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> All right. Well.
like we said, Silent Hill 4 kind of dropped off. I didn't play Downpour, but I did watch Shattered Memories, and I really like Shattered Memories. I felt like that was almost kind of a lead-up into 3? Well, no. Or was it 1? It was 1. I can't remember if the daughter was Cheryl or if it was Heather. Or was it Heather Cheryl? It It wasn't something weird... There was so, like some weird thing so with three, it. So 3 is the only one of the Silent Hill games that actually was like a direct sequel to 1. Okay, that's what um, I thought. Other, otherwise, each game has kind of been like its own self-contained, into, yeah, self-contained story. And um, it was Cheryl in the first one, and then in the third one, she uh, her name was, was Heather. Yeah. Um, because she was renamed because they were on the, on the run from like... I don't know, some entity. Um, and so her dad had changed her name so that, it, so that she was hidden. Um, and so that's yeah, that's where Cheryl and Heather come from. And okay. Silent Hill: Shattered Memories was a reimagining of the first one. It so, was really good. So that's why. So that's why it's more of like a lead in into number three because it is the reimagining of one, which was the the precursor to to three. Now, if I remember right, there were like there were chapters throughout Shattered Memories that like uh, you would play as I think it was Harry. Right, Harry mm-hmm. Mason, mm-hmm. and then they like you'd be in a doctor's office, and like he would ask you questions, or he would tell you to do something, uh, manipulate something on there, and it would actually, f- if I remember right, it would form the game. It would yeah. change things within it the would, game yeah. that you encounter. Well, that's right. Did. Yeah. Did he ask you about your fears and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, the way that you and answer the, the, the questions, it's almost like a like the way that you answer is how the game is going to like how it's going to turn out. Yeah, basically, it's it's kind of like the almost like the fable of like oh, okay, you can you can the way that you answer questions and the way that you deal with people, it's like you either go on the side of bad or you go on the side of good. And yeah, um, and Silent Hill was kind of like that, but almost more in a psychological sense so but uh i remember very vividly and spoiler alert for anyone who wants to play shattered memories um when harry does end up getting to where he's trying to go he ends up in the doctor's office with heather i guess or cheryl and it's is you realize that he's dead Mm -hmm. and and she kind of like feels his presence or whatever it was really touching Mm -hmm. and i was like this is really cool they did such a good job with it yeah and that's why and the movie too i feel like ties into that idea of it's more of a hell Mm-hmm. Like the end of the movie when she's on the bed and he goes outside and he feels like he feels her and the car's not there even though you see her in the house, it was very surreal. That was that was oh god I will never forget that ending too where it was like such a depressing depressing <laughs> ending because you're like she she made, she it. made she, it she made it out she got to the house and then she she goes in there and like the uh, the song that's playing at the end at that point um it's it's called Magdalene mm-hmm. and it's it's so like. It's such a haunting, yeah. Um, such a haunting tune, and um, and that's playing. I'm getting goosebumps just even I thinking know, about I it. See, I, now. see like, now I oh. feel like I'm fucked up because, like, to me, I laughed at that ending, just like at the ending of. Uh, the mist where he kills the old couple in his car, <laughs> then he kills his son. The mist clears and the military walks by. I'm, I started laughing at the ending. <laughs> like, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> she's like sitting on the couch and, or she's sitting on a chair and then she's, up you think that she's looking at, at Christopher and then it's like, you see him and it's like, well, wait a minute. It's, it's sunny where he's at. Like, yeah, what's it's going still on? foggy where she and is. It's still well, foggy it's where she's over, at. The overlay that they have on It was yeah. really But cool. it was still, it was so well done and you're just like, no, she didn't make it. She's stuck in Silent Hill. It was just such a, it was such a beautiful it was. piece. It I, really I was. loved that movie. Such a good movie. Yeah. Such yep, a good definitely movie. definitely screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went without saying. <laughs> 
So, so um, a lot of people, those are the two juggernauts, obviously, yeah. Silent Hill, Resident Evil. There are also a lot of other, like, survival horror-type games, there especially are. from the PS1 era. Um, mm -hmm. Parasite Eve, I feel yeah, like, cool. falls into survival horror, yep. in a sense. The first yeah. one does. Yeah, the, the second, second one... Well, become, well, the, I would say super, the, the second one is, supernatural? like... Well, no, well... Because it's all about the mitochondria and the DNA basically saying, yeah. fuck these organisms and mm -hmm. doing its own mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Two felt more action because it didn't have a separate honest, battle arena. To be honest, that would be where I think the action horror started more so than with Resident Evil 4 is Parasite Eve 2 because, yeah, it's the active battle system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you, you walked into an area and then the battle thing would start and it wouldn't... It, it was just like you could do the bubble that came yeah. around you that showed you your range. You would attack, and you'd ran around while you waited for your ATB gauge to fill up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least that was the way it was in one and two. It actually worked like the old Resident Evil games, where it's like you enter a room yeah. and you could draw your gun and just start shooting at shit. Oh, and then right. once the room was clear, switch. it would do your experience and all that other stuff. Items. That's you right. Gave. It only did the oh, the, the dome with the powers and stuff because you or was it the yeah. line that you selected? Uh, in the first one, it was everything. Any action you took, it did the the grid to see. But how I can't far remember how you. Targeted with powers in the second one because I know you could directly target in that one. Too. It depended on what you were using. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I really like Parasite Eve one, but that one was again it, it kind of played like Resident Evil in the sense that it was kind of biological. Like you said, mm -hmm. it was based on mitochondria and all this other shit. You know, things are transforming and people are bursting into flames. I'm sorry, that opening, awesome. that opening yeah. opera cinematic is one of the oh. best cinematics in gaming. Period. So haunting, and it was so great. When she's so just great. on stage singing, and all of a sudden people are bursting into flames. The stage starts engulfing, and then she transforms. It was like Carrie as fuck. Yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. And then there's the rat when he transforms. Yeah, when the rat just starts struggling. And Spits just, and out his mouth. Oh, fucking just... Yeah, oh, God, Parasite Eve gave me the willies. Until, Even you felt bad for the dog. Yeah, that was When the dog transformed into the Cerebus, and you were like, That Aw. was until they released Third Birthday, and then you were like, Go fuck yourself. Oh, what a travesty that game was. I mean, all some time travel? <laughs> what? No, don't put time travel. No. Poor Parasite Eve. That was a series I feel Wait. like should have gotten farther. I would love to see that one just remade. Just to say, hey, scrap all the other ones and start a new story based yeah. on the original premise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Parasite Eve was one. Um, one you had mentioned earlier, Galarian's, Galarian's was a good Galarian's one. Galarian's Ash for PS2. Yeah. They were my favorite sur for survival horror on PS1 and PS2. Mm -hmm. That one had to do I'm, a lot with, like, uh, walking psychokinetic. Into a room, walking into yeah. a room, seeing a guy... And then just being like, no, bitch, pick him up with gravity or light him on fire with pyrokinesis. Yeah. Or uh, if you short it out and you're, you're like, your head starts to get these sparks going around you. Yeah, you get like the migraine. You start walking next to guys and their heads, they just stop. They grab their heads their head explodes. Oh, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. It was a very fun game. The thing that sucked was if you were in that state and you fought a boss, you got your ass kicked. Oh, yeah, you were fucked. Because mm -hmm. once once that ran out, you you lost health slowly because yeah. it was hurting you. Well, you yeah. couldn't use your powers. You couldn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. I know there were ways to get rid of it. But yeah, I you had the injector. The, that's right. The yeah, that's right. He shoots the thing into his the neck. Pee pack or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he had a hyper syringe that he just put into his neck, and he'd inject different drugs. He would take pills to increase his powers. Yeah, it, it was, was a really good game. Yeah, it was amazing. I never played Ash though. I have it, I think. I've never finished Ash. No. I don't think you do. I, I, I think I you have the strategy guide much. for it, but not the game. Eh, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are what are some other lesser-known titles? Obviously, Rule of Rose is an unsung hero uh, of yeah. survival horror. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a holy grail to a lot of people. Yeah, well, the holy grail on, on the PS2. Yeah, yeah, and the price reflects it. It does. It does. 
Um, one that's actually, I, I think, lesser known because it's... It technically is survival horror, but it really, like, you... There's no... It's it's a point and click. Um, what? Sorry. I... I Quick thing. Guess how much Rule of Rose is complete. Two fifty. Like no. Now, did it go? Months? Did it go? Not, not that high. Did it go up? It's two ninety. Oh jeez. Oh, Jesus Christ. Holy cow. I was expecting it to have jumped after um, last time. So. I was too. But, but yeah, it's, this one's a point and click. But like, you really don't. There's. It's hard to describe. But uh, D. Yeah. D is actually survival horror. horror. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that. that's one where it's it's survival horror, but it's you really uh, trying to uncover what happened to your father, where basically yeah. you go to Los Angeles Memorial Hospital and you find out that your dad has killed all these people, and you're like, what the hell happened? And then you get transformed, like, transported into this, like, Victorian style home where you realize that it's a world that's that is created of his mind um, and you just have to get to the bottom of it and you f you find out in the end that it's like he's got the blood of Dracula in him and so that's what is going on um, and I honestly like the first time I played that game I was like this is this is amazing yeah first time I played it was for uh, the Sega Saturn actually <laughs> yeah I know D2 was kind of D2 is more, more of like a like, Parasite Eve-ish yeah. game. I remember the battles where you were in the center and things kind of went yeah. around you and you kind of aimed it was, and shot. Yeah, it was it was a lot different than what yeah. um, it was a lot different than than its its predecessor. That was Dreamcast. I think. It was Dreamcast. It was D2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's another franchise, Dino Crisis. Yeah. Dino Crisis. Was, I'm sorry. Yeah. They were mechanically they were vastly superior to the to Resident Evil. It was being able to yeah. hold your gun and move. Was a game changer. Oh yes, mm -hmm. especially when the the raptors and stuff were, you know, doing their thing and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That I was, remember loving Dino Crisis. Yeah, because that was that was really like a, uh, a, a tomb uh, tomb raider ish kind of like function where you could actually run and like shoot your. Guns well, you really at the couldn't same time. run. Well, you could walk. Like, and you could shoot do that slow like yeah. strafe that you see like them like cop shows and stuff. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, Dino Crisis was like the first. I remember the uh, the demo that was included with Resident Evil Three because that's when they were like oh, showing yeah. it off. Yeah, yeah, when they would promote things like which that. is funny because although they, uh, then Dino Crisis Three went off the rails and went up into fucking space or <laughs> yeah. space dinos. They, uh, oh. they wanted well, it's like they wanted to do. They a kept different, trying to one up the other. People well, they wanted and... to do a Resident Evil, but they're like, we want to do it with dinosaurs. How can we do this and, and still call it Resident Evil? And they're like, well, why don't we just do a spinoff series? And that's exactly what happened with Dino Crisis. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, uh, Clock Tower is another, uh, True. I, I think, underrated, highly underrated and highly under-talked about uh, survival horror series where, um, talk about helpless, like, yeah. it, it doesn't get much more helpless than that. Um, the second one, it... Kind of got weird. It, it got, it's it straight away from that in the sense that you actually are like a hardened criminal who does have a gun in that one, so it's like you don't feel as helpless, but... It's funny because it kind of turns it on its side where you're a hardened criminal who's being chased by some little girl who is like will kill you yeah. if she catches you. Well, it's weird because you get possessed. Yeah, like the, you're yeah. you have like two different things where you're like the main character and then all of a sudden you get possessed by something and then you're the criminal. Yeah. But yeah, you're being chased by that little girl with the mask with a knife. Yeah. And you're like, exactly. what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why am I scared of her? And then you realize that it's like, well, you can't stop her and you can't shoot her and it's like, yeah, yeah you're, you're dead. <laughs> 
Um, another good one was uh, Illbleed. From Illbleed, Dreamcast. that's right, for the Dreamcast, yeah. Very surreal, very strange. You were like trapped in a theme park. It was, yeah. And each attraction was a different survival horror thing. It was, It yeah. was very bizarre. I remember mm -hmm. one specifically where you turned into like a goofy mannequin. It was just yeah. very strange and yeah. kind of weirdly cerebral, but not really because it was very goofy. <laughs> to me, it's like yeah, it was it was it was B horror. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it intended to be like that. Um, and I just I remember just trying to play one of the levels, and it was just so damn hard. It's brutal. It that is, was a yeah, rough it's got game. a it's got a brutal difficulty. But honestly, the game is like it's so super fun. It is creepy, and it will keep you on edge. Yeah. I've got one that uh, you guys might laugh a bit, but uh, you remember the TV show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. Get out of here. There was a point-and-click, almost <laughs> Myst-style game on PC for them yeah. that was kind of fucking creepy at the time, because it, it was one of those ones where it used like live-action stuff. Oh, it was so, FMV? Yeah. Really? So you would do stuff, and then like the mummy would follow you. It'd be in the display one minute. And oh, then cool. later on, the mummy wouldn't be in the display, and they would be wandering around coming after you and shit like that. Are you afraid of wow. the dark? I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but it was one of those ones <laughs> where it's like, it pushed the envelope on PC for what they were doing Kevin, at the time, so... Get the fuck out of here. Fucking Paul. <laughs> I know where you sleep. I'm actually... This is a weird tangent, too. Um... Did, I take it you never watched the TV show because that was cable. No, it was cable. Did you ever watch the it. TV show? I watched both that and Goosebumps. Do you remember, remember Goosebumps. the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie where it was... Because Are You Afraid of the Dark's premise was these kids around a campfire and they would kids, tell ghost stories. It was a kid's version of Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. Yeah. 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 That's all it was, but it was a bit more horror themed yeah. than... Mm -hmm. It was it's campfire stories. Yeah. You know, and it was these kids huddled around a campfire every so often they would tell ghost the stories. Twilight something club? It was the Midnight Club. There I we think. go. And they threw like the powder from the bag into the fire and it went Yeah, and it would say what episode it was. But I remember the movie was was that, but it was the kids were in the movie. Like the yeah. kids were in the story. Yeah. So and I think it was like Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Silver Sight. Or something like that. And I remember it was like some weird little charm and it was ghosts falling or some weird shit. But it was God, that brought back memories. <laughs> we'll have to remember that one for the 90s episode. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there are so many more survival horror games well, we could talk the, about. Tons and tons of call, like, the ones based on Cthulhu and all of that. I mean, you got Siren, you got uh, yeah, Kuan, uh, you have... Fatal Frame. What's the, the Fatal one? Frame yeah, series. Fatal Frame What's series. the one on the Wii where you only have, like, the flashlight? Fragile Dreams. There we go. That one's kind of a weird, like, anime-ish one. That's mm -hmm. a kind of a blend oh. of genres, but it's still yeah. a survival horror. Like, mm -hmm. there is nothing. You have no idea what's going on. You're scavenging just, like, little parts here and there. and Yeah. It was, it was a cool one. But, I mean, we could go on for a and, while about it. And them. technically, uh, you want to count this as survival horror. A lot of people do. Um, Friday the 13th for the, uh, for the Nintendo is <laughs> technically survival <laughs> horror. I'll give it to you because it was... is an action horror. <laughs> it was scary when fucking... When Jason when would just came out of nowhere yeah. and fucking yeah. swi swipe at you. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? Inside the, yeah, inside inside the, the, homes. Uh, the homes and stuff, or the cabins. Yeah. I remember actually being kind of uh, like I hated that feeling of wandering in the house and then you turn music? around and he comes at you and you're like oh fuck that yeah. music that would start right then yeah yeah but I mean there's so many like games that are underappreciated yeah that Haunting Ground obviously was Haunting Ground on PS2 as well yeah um Extermination yeah which is funny because Haunting Ground sorry to go back to that one but Haunting Ground was Capcom 
Yeah. And it's like, how, with Capcom's, like, with how big of a company they were, especially at that time on the PS2, uh, of the PS2 era, how do not more people know about that game? Yeah. It almost feels weird well, that that one fell to the wayside. Yeah. To be honest, I think mostly because during PS2's life cycle, most people were playing either, like, sports games or RPGs. Those were the heavy hitters in those days. Sucks to be them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan of most But, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Look at the, the, like, a large chunk of PS2's library. It's yeah. some of, like, the most known RPGs yeah. that yeah. have ever, like, franchises that have ever come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So PS1 and PS2, I would say, were, were some of the heaviest RPG hitters. Yeah. 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 So That's off topic. All right. So, there you go. Survival horror. So, we'll move on to our... Last segment, finally. <laughs> this might be a little longer of an episode. Sorry. Um, Sorry, we talk. Fuck you. <laughs> As Paul and I mentioned in the first episode, he and I actually worked in a cemetery together for a few years. Um, Paul, longer than I, obviously, he got me the job there. And Kevin actually used to work Fright Fest at Six Flags. Um, we'll start with St. George Cemetery in Kenosha, Wisconsin, talking about some of the stuff we... Uh, we saw there <laughs> some very strange things. We did see some strange things. Did you ever feel like? Did you ever feel off when we when we worked there? No. Maybe not so much during the day, but like when it would kind of get more like twilighty or like you never never. No. Even never. when we worked in the old church together. Well, never together. Oh, you were there by yourself. Oh, in the in the the old church. Yeah, the that chapel. Was, yeah, that was that was actually that, that was, was pretty when terrifying. I got scared. That was when yeah. I got scared. Um, but no, I, I would say for the most part, working in a cemetery, it wasn't scary. No. Um, because it was actually right by the lake. It was very peaceful. It was very serene. Um, and when you really think about it, if, if you believe in ghosts, ghosts do not haunt cemeteries. Contrary to popular belief, a ghost... Like you're an expert. No, 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 I'm just saying. Based on what theory, Paul? Because they say, like, so they say that when people pass away, they they will haunt the place where they were most comfortable, where they... It's not what Supernatural taught me. Where they they had had the most meaning in their life. So it's like their old home, their old childhood home, or their, their old home that they love so much. Uh, some some object, some, uh, some place that they yeah. ended up liking. The place they were killed. Yeah, exactly. Why would a ghost visit? Like, why would it haunt a place where well, it's maybe buried? these were peaceful ghosts that just wanted to relax at the old folks' home? <laughs> maybe. That's a good point. See, fuck you, Paul. I just destroyed your theory. Uh, but you're point. right, actually. But no. And so it's like that, to me, is like, I, I never got scared because I'm like, why would they why would they haunt, like, a place where where they're buried like it's yeah. just no you're not gonna do that and yeah. people like their first the first thing that people would ask me and I, I would always get a laugh out of it's like you worked in a cemetery isn't that scary i'm like no it's not scary they're it all was noon no 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 i'm like no it's not it's not scary working in a cemetery they're all dead yeah what are they gonna do come <laughs> out of the ground yeah, what are they gonna do they're buried in concrete vaults for just that reason, so they don't come out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's not the reason, but that's, yeah. And Paul, I you swear lost it. your chance to say, I see dead people. I see dead people. <laughs> no, I'm and with you, though. It honestly was where I kind of felt at peace. Uh, yeah. You got a strange sense of serenity working at the cemetery. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and honestly, it was the, hands down the best job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came in, put headphones on. We did landscaping to keep the place looking good. If yep. there was funerals, we dug the holes, we buried them. Like, 
it was honestly like the best time of my life yeah. around that time. The only time where it was like I was actually like I got scared was um, there was actually one uh, one time where I was cleaning the uh, the the chapel like office and uh, that they that they had on on the on the property and it was an overcast day so there wasn't really much sun um, it was kind of raining and hazy out and I was cleaning this this like what was almost like a like a house um mm-hmm. on the, on the second floor and i was cleaning out the rooms and and just kind of making sure mopping the floor dusting and well it was a nunnery i think was what was under there yes yeah, yeah. it was like where the nuns used to live yeah and um there was there was this point where i was standing at the top of of uh, like a set of stairs and I turned to look down the stairs, and it was like one of those things. Like, has it ever happened to you where it's like you see almost like a like a shadow type thing, and then it just like as you look at it, you can kind of see the, a little bit of that shadow, and then it just kind of like like it's turning like goes away. Like it was enough to like when I saw it, it was enough to make me kind of gasp. Like, is somebody is somebody yeah. else in here? And so I literally I went down the stairs. And then I, I I looked around the corner and it's like and there was Andy with no pants on. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Survival horror. This. <laughs> oh God! That's a different genre. <laughs> and no, uh, I know no it was just like a solid wall. It's like they they couldn't have gone anywhere else if there was somebody in there. And I'm like, I swear to God, there was somebody in here. <laughs> Bill? <laughs> that was our boss's name, and you could hear him coming because he had a cane. Yeah. <laughs> Bill? So, and, and then uh, taking care of the, the church, as you said, yeah. too. That's that's the where church, I felt afraid. The church was actually, um, it, it, it was a defunct church that had gone, uh, the uh, two churches had merged. This one was no longer used, and so we were taking care of it, trying to... Um, it, they were trying to sell, sell it, it and and it wasn't selling, but we had to take care of it, and so it hadn't been used in about four or five years, um, and the 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 place it was so sad because it was just falling apart, and um, and just being in there, there was nothing overtly scary about it per se, but it's just it really made me feel like Silent Hill, like the yeah. classrooms in Silent Hill, like some of those classrooms that we would go into of the, <laughs> like the, the attached like school and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was just absolutely like terrifying. Um, I remember going into the library too. I actually, I, I took a couple books from the library. You son of a bitch. I did. I did. You I stole from a church. I did. I took the novelization of, uh, Willow actually. <laughs> and I Why found, was that in a church? And I found the novelization of the Goonies. Because you need to be able to show who the devil is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when yeah. when they would bring me there to shovel in the winter, because mm-hmm. that was that was the thing yeah. we have yep. to do sometimes. Yep. He, I, he would leave. My boss would drop me off, and then he would go do his shit, and then come back and pick me up. Yep. Well, he would leave us the garage door open so we could get in the building, so we weren't out in the freaking cold. Yeah. So I remember I was waiting for him. He's like, "All right, I'll be there in like forty five minutes." I'm like, "All right, cool." So I was sitting there waiting, and I was like. Kind of wander around, see see what this place is, because you know you're curious. Mm-hmm. So I was wandering around. And I remember going down the stairs, and it's it got it gets dark in that in that chapel and the church and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, they must have had the boiler going at the time, probably to keep the place heated just for oh, the pipes sure, and stuff. Sure, yeah. But I remember that that I was down there, 
and like you'd said, you feel like you see something out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. And it was that coupled with like the boiler kicking on. We hear that click, 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 whoosh. Yeah. Like everything flames up and you hear like the things settle. And dude, it scared the piss out of me. I was like, mm. nope. I ran <laughs> back upstairs. I sat in the garage for the other 35 minutes. Huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> Closed the garage door. I was like, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> That's enough for me. And uh, a funny story too, because actually, I think the school was like. God, when we were, we were working there in two thousand seven ish, two thousand. No, 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 it was there. before. It, it was, was two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh, okay, so it was only four or five years then that that the it had been defunct because we had we had went into the basement uh, that one time. <laughs> I, I have to tell the story because Andy still. Whoa, whoa, to this day. is this a PG story? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh very much so, very much so. So obviously there was a school uh, like uh, attached to the uh, to the church. And um, there was a freezer of, like, in the basement where, obviously, like, near where their cafeteria was. And inside the freezer, there was still, like, no, there was still, like, ice cream bars. Like, there was, there was, oh, 40-year-old, no, there, there was, I think they were, uh, it was, uh, like, ice cream sandwiches, and then there was, uh, bugs. And then no, Bugs, the freezer burned. They're fine. Exactly. Um, and <laughs> Bugs and, and Bugs Bunny, um, like the the ice cream bar, like like the ones you get out of like the ice cream truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah the with, like, with like the Bugs gumball, Bunny. yeah, with like the gumball eyes and stuff. <laughs> oh and um, no, it, it wasn't ice cream sandwich. It was like the. Uh, do you remember those like eclair bars that yeah. were on the stick? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. And so they were like five years old, and Andy's, yeah, they're still fine. I don't know if somebody. Like dared me, or if I just was just like you know what I'm kind of hungry. Let me let me try and see this. I I took out an ice cream bar and I opened it up, and the thing had like freaking a lot of freezer burn on it. Just coconut, but but I <laughs> but I ate it, and I'm like honestly. Once you get past it, the surface layer where the honestly, gum starts breaking down, it you're tastes fine. it tastes pretty good. And I ended up having like between the the two different kinds, <laughs> I had like seven of them. <laughs> I never got sick. I never got sick, and I'm like, hey, you know what? This is good stuff. Glad you won that lottery instead of the other one. I did, yes. Yes, I won that lottery. Yeah, I mean, we did all sorts of weird shit there. The the most haunting thing to me was um, exhumations. Oh, yeah. Where we had to dig up people that had been there for a while. Yeah. The worst ones were were like the children. Those were tough. Yeah. Um, But I remember one that that our boss Carl told me. It was, uh, they were exhuming a guy from the old cemetery, because the cemetery was broken up into two different parts. Mm-hmm. There was the newer sections, and then the older sections, which not many people went to the old cemetery. That was, like, people from, Jesus Christ, if I remember 19. some of the headstones, like, the early 1900s. Yeah, the oldest one that I remember seeing in there was 1875. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, not many, there weren't many plots out there mm-hmm. left or yeah. just used. But, um, so, Carl... Uh, told me a story once where he they were exhuming a body with the vault company because mm-hmm. uh, they traditionally when you do it you would exhume the body you would crack open the vault and you would move the body from that into a steel box yep. for transportation and whatnot. Yeah. So <laughs> you think they would have had a better way to do this, but to transfer the body from the casket to the steel box they used shovels. Like they would just have like three or four dudes pick up the body with shovels and scoot it on in. Like you, like I said, it was two thousand something. You think they'd have a better way? Guess not. <laughs> not once they've been buried that long. No, but um, they were. He's saying they were. They were getting ready to lift, and one of the vault guys was at the head, 
and lifting it from the shoulders or whatever, and he was just talking mad shit about the about the person who was buried there. <laughs> just say, oh man, fucking looks terrible right now. You know, you've seen better days. I wouldn't hit it. Like I wouldn't hit it with your dick. Like it's a stupid ass joke. <laughs> But Carl said as soon as he had made, like, a joke about that, like, where he was holding slipped and the head popped off into the shovel, the, the head rolled around and stared right at the guy. He <laughs> says the guy dropped the shovel and ran. He said it was the creepiest shit he'd ever seen. <laughs> Almost like the body heard him talking oh. shit about him, and that's oh. how I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. And the head fell off? The head popped off oh into the shovel god. and rolled in the shovel and looked directly at him. Oh, god. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to stop laughing. Oh, no, that would have terrified me. Yeah, it was but one then of again, the that's creepiest why you, things. That's why you never talk ill of that's the like dead, That's like ill of the dead, man. You yeah. never know. Nuh-uh. But uh, that was the one that. story that stuck out in my mind. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I loved it there. Yeah, no, it was very peaceful. And I swear to God, if anybody tries to tell me a, a damn cemetery joke, I've already heard them all. Why do they put gates around cemeteries? Because people are dying to get in. <laughs> oh, boy, you must work a, a, in, in a high position because you're walking over people all day. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. Yeah, one. <laughs> well, anyway, Kevin, what was it like working Fright Fest? That's kind of more of a manufactured kind of scare, but Idiots. I would imagine at some point. Idiots everywhere. <laughs> well, it's. I would imagine that's a very, type of thing it's has a very this. interesting look at the way people are and how they react. People come there knowing that the entire reason they are there, especially after a certain point in the day, is to be scared and like so you know you're there you're being you're, you're intentionally there with this this mindset of i'm going to get scared it's like mm -hmm. watching a horror movie yeah you're watching a horror movie because you want that the, you know the, what that you're thrill, getting into. that rush yeah but people would automatically like and i i know some people did it intentionally where they would react and like assault an actor or something like that but there were people who would genuinely uh, genuinely if i could fucking speak <laughs> would go into an actual flight or fight response they'd get so scared they would just start swinging and fall to the floor Whoa. and would not move until lights came people came in with flashlights and escorted them out without characters around them because they would just get that scared but they pay for these experiences. Well, is it is it true too? Because um, I mean, you being one of those performers before, um, is it true that if somebody looks scared, they're like you you single them out, you pick them? No, or actually, it's usually the opposite. So the way, like, especially with haunted houses, groups usually come in. Sometimes, like you know, anywhere from like small group of like two or three up to a group of maybe. You really don't want to push six because at that point lines just get too long. But usually your first reaction is, I'm going to look for the alpha. I'm going to find the person that's not acting scared and go for that one. Oh, ah. That's usually your first ah. reaction. So they're usually the first person in the front of the line. Oh, okay. You ignore that person every single time because they will react more from the people behind them being scared, jumping and reacting to being scared, and that will scare them. Mm, so it becomes just like so that you wait clever. you wait for the person to go by and then you target the weak links in between and it, it becomes this chain reaction where everyone reacts. You're scared because everyone's scared. Yep. That's, that's cool. Well that not to cool. mention that, like okay, say someone's walking behind you, say 
you know, you're you're in the front and say, you know, you got your girlfriend or something behind you. She's got her arms around you. So when she physically reacts and you aren't prepared for it, what's your first reaction going to be? She's going to like genuinely <laughs> react and then you genuinely react because yeah, you're, you're not, not intending yeah. for that type of movement. You're startled. Yeah. yeah. That's clever. Kind of like a domino chain. Well, and it's You're there to thing. start it and just let the dominoes fall where they lie. Everything from room layouts to like the yeah. coloring to ambient sounds because there are sound frequencies that make people feel unsettled. Oh, yeah. You use all of that when you're planning out haunted houses and stuff. And it's actually really fun to watch the way people go through and like different people react different ways. And it's really mm -hmm. weird. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially, like I said, knowing these people are coming there for this uh, this, yeah. this effect. So. I remember when I was a kid in elementary school, they did a haunted house thing. So, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's cheesy as hell. And I remember I was walking through it, and they were, I had to be maybe third grade, fourth grade. So, I remember going through the, the, the thing where the haunts, and this guy jumped at me, and... and I tried to play it off like I wasn't scared. <laughs> it was right after, right off the bat, and he, and I, I was like, oh, oh, I hurt my shoulder. Like I was like, oh, I stepped on that, something. What was that? And then I remember somebody else coming. I was like, can you not yell? I, I hurt myself. Like my ear hurts. I don't, I don't want everybody to yell at me. And I remember just making up excuses the whole way for the people happens, not to jump at me. That happens a lot, and it is re as an actor, it is really really hard not to start breaking out of yeah. character and laughing in their face. The people that try to act tougher than they actually yeah. are. Yeah. I feel like those are the funniest. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've gone through so many different like mindsets when going through like haunted houses or like these kinds of like scare uh, fests and stuff like that um, where I think when I was younger, it was about trying to, like, be brave, but knowing that, like, I, I got scared pretty pretty easily. Um, and so it's like, I just tried not to be scared, but the more I tried not to be scared, the more scared I got. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, as I got a little bit older, I started being one of those guys who it's like, yeah, if somebody came up to me, I would, like, start kind of getting in their face, too. It's like, uh, like I'm going to lay you out if you get any closer to me. And then it's like now I'm I'm yeah I know it's like such a stupid such thing a douchebag move. I well, know. and the funny thing is they actually have entire haunted houses that are on the more extreme end where basically like they can fuck with they you. have yeah. lead way to screw with you. Yeah, they lock you in fridges. They put you in chest freezers. Jesus. They like they have ones where they will psychologically fuck yeah. your life. Up if you're yeah. not prepared for that sort yeah. of shit. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's some where you actually have to like you you, you have to sign waivers. waivers. You, yeah. Um, and then there's some where it's like you literally go on a waiting list for for this one um, that <clears throat> you will eventually get into there like three four years later something like that uh, where you get selected. But uh, but anyways, yeah, I don't do that anymore. And now <laughs> um, now I just try my best to like break like their character i try to get them to laugh like <laughs> oh I, a ball popped out no. <laughs> i'm so scared <laughs> <laughs> microplasm microplasm everywhere 
what was that? What was that? When I get scared, I come. <laughs> no, it's like I will. Well, honestly, like I will. Uh, I'll flirt with like some of the females. Oh my god! And some of those, like some of those actresses, like they're really <laughs> beautiful. Oh yeah, and, we have lots of fun behind the scenes. And so, and so, yeah, and so I would literally like if I was with somebody, I just like I would be staring at this this gal who's like trying to be creepy, and I'm just like. Dude, she is like so incredibly like gorgeous, like and and so like like the the kind of flirting like not hey, directly, not directly, but it's like you know I'm talking about you flexing and a little. And, doing the Andy at the restaurant and wink, uh, wink, wink. wink. No. <laughs> but no, I will tell you though, I have had more of them break character. Kind of like they'll start smiling, and it's like. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. You broke character. You're not supposed to smile. You gotta keep straight. Depending on the character. Yeah. There are some characters that smiling is creepier than being like well, scared. And some, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and some will actually, like, they'll incorporate that, like, they'll giggle or they'll smile, and it actually just makes their character more creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them, you can tell, it's like they naturally want to, like... Oh, yeah. They want to break characters. It's hard like, not to laugh at certain stuff that's going on. So. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, and I know at one point the company I worked for for Fright Fest actually did uh, haunted tours through Kemper Center. Oh, mm. that's cool. Yeah. So like I I was going to work for him, and then I was just like, nah, fuck this. And yeah. But like I went through it when they had it all set up because Kemper Center never allowed shit like that before. No. Like they literally there was a high school group that would be able to do stuff with like the gymnasium, mm-hmm. and that was literally it. But Kemper doesn't allow people to go through. No, they don't. They don't like it because yeah. it's actually legitimately. I think they. That's one of those. It's one of the legitimately haunted. Yeah, it's one of the locations in southeast Wisconsin that's claimed to be haunted. Claimed like, to be haunted. Yeah. I mean, there's is entire, it really. Oh yeah, yeah there's is. entire like areas mm-hmm. that they've completely stopped all renovation on because they can't finish it. Yeah, that's so weird. Like mm-hmm. the, it's it'll be like they claim it's stuff like. Power tools will be brand new. You'll bring them in. You'll start working. And they'll just they'll And they just, just stop. stop. Electrical just stop. stuff yeah. stops working. Like, they run a power cord, like extension cords and stuff. Like some just, weird magnetic field there. Yeah. And shit just stops like working. Like, yeah, pulse, it's... Yeah. EMP. Like, that's... Like, there's all over in that place that's like that. I've actually supposedly. never heard of that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kemp, you should look it up. Mm-hmm. Kemper's one of the, the places. It's kind of weird, all the stuff that's happened there. Huh. So... Surprised, uh, like, ghost hunters. Like, if only... They don't allow any of the like the televised ones to ever come through. Oh, really? Oh, they okay. have That's a, a joke. They have oh, allowed yeah. small like local ghost hunting things oh, to come gotcha. through, yeah. but they never really allow too much stuff to go through there. That's mm-hmm. why, like, when JPM actually did do the haunted tours through there, it was more than anyone has been allowed to set up in there ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I, wow. even like afterwards, I heard that even they had issues with some of the equipment here and there and stuff yeah. like that. But I'm like, eh. he's not part of our crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but those God. are the ones you want working for you. Yeah, right. Well, doesn't <laughs> get know? any better than that. An actual ghost. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to digress a little bit, funny story. Once I uh, for for Halloween one year, um, we we're like it, it was tr- treating time in the neighborhood. And uh, I don't know why, but my my uh, older brother was also like we were at my parents' house, and he was dressing up at like he dressed up as like a big gorilla <laughs> that he would just be on the uh, he would be on the front porch holding a bowl. And oh, and, people, uh, and people thought like, oh, it's just like a, a stuffed it's, gorilla. It's a yeah. stuffed gorilla, and then he would scare them. And 
I don't know why he asked me to, but I ended up dressing up as Michael Myers, and so I would. Oh God. Yeah. And so I was on the like the side of my house, like in between like two houses, where as people were walking by, then they could see me, and then I would start slowly walking to them, or I would. Well, walk... their attention is on you, and exactly. Not on or you. or as they're walking up to the uh, up to the house to like grab candy, I would walk behind them, and then they would take the candy, they would get scared, and then they turn around and then they see me, and then they get really creeped out, and I remember there was this one, <laughs> there was this one kid. It felt so bad. So I started slowly walking towards him, and he started screaming. And I, I kind of, like, hesitated. I took another step. And he's, like, screaming. He's like, ah, I beat my pants. <laughs> oh, no. I beat, I beat my pants. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible person. And he was... I felt so bad. He was dressed. He was dressed as a mummy too. Oh, <laughs> so he had plenty to wipe. With. Oh, that's terrible. And so you could tell, and his, his mom was standing right next to him. And I slowly start walking backwards because <laughs> I'm like, all right, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I've already done more than I should have. And, his, oh, oh, and, and she could quite and she could see that I was like walking slowly backwards, <laughs> and hey! <laughs> and and the mother's like, oh dear, don't worry, he like he's a scaredy cat. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, <laughs> he pisses his pants all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, oh okay, and oh. it was it was so funny too because and then on the flip side of that, like there was a girl who saw me from across the street, and I could tell that she was like legit like she was terrified <laughs> and she just like she just stood there and she was just staring at me and she was like it almost looked like she was about to cry and so i was like oh no 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 i don't want to i don't want to make people people cry so what i ended up doing was i literally just started waving to her oh that's not creepy <laughs> no 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 it, like i i, I kind of did like like a, a a gentle wave to her and she like she smiled and she waved back to me and then anytime Pull she the knife. anytime no i did not have a knife though I Boom! Didn't have a knife, but anytime then she saw me like on each side of the block too she would kind of look at me and she'd smile and she'd wave and i would just kind of like do this like little quick wave to her like, yep. yeah just because i'm like i didn't want other people to see me out of character and yeah. stuff like that but i was like that, so it's like on the flip side, like somebody who was like really terrified, and then all of a yeah, sudden she God, wasn't terrified. Those are more fun. Scar but, him for life, I said. Oh, <laughs> that kid who peed his pants. So he's like, it was the funniest thing when he just starts screaming. He's like, ah, ah, I pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, it was it was so great. Oh. I yeah. But uh, yeah, I got my I got my Michael Myers walk down. Like I I can play the character really good. Admittedly, I, I don't do haunted houses. Like, I, I... It's not... I'm not afraid of them, per se. I just... I don't get enjoyment out of being scared, if that makes sense. Like, well, uh, of course it makes sense. Nobody actually enjoys being scared, unless that's yeah. what you're aiming to do. Yeah. But, I I don't know. It just... Something to me is not appealing about it. That's why I really don't care for Halloween the in only general. Ones I, the only, like, haunted house styles I don't like are the ones that intentionally push you to make you feel claustrophobic because mm -hmm. they're just they're not as fun to me but like the ones that are like legitimate you know good actors that can actually scare people those are fun but i have a habit of because i've worked behind the scenes i pick mm -hmm. them apart as i'm walking through yeah. 
So unfortunately, I'm used to being able to go into a dark room that has a strobe light going off and being like, there's a person there, there's one there, yeah. there's a prop here yeah. that's going to do something. There's, I, actually, when I go into, like, a, I, I don't mind haunted houses. I, I like them. Um, there are two things that I cannot stand with haunted houses, though, is one thing, and I don't even know if it's necessarily that I'm scared, but it's, I don't like when they use chainsaws, real chainsaws. We like, well, you remove the chain. Oh, they remove the chain, okay. but I'm like... Or you weld the thing so it doesn't rotate the chain anymore, yeah. but you can still scrape it across the ground while it's going to make sparks and stuff. Oh. We used them all the time. But I know, but it's like, for some reason, like, that's like... Indoors, it sucks like, because of the noise, yeah, but... I can't stand when people use chainsaws. I'm like, I will legitimately be terrified of the chainsaws just because of the fact that even though, it, like, most of the time you can see it doesn't have a chain on it, but I'm like... Just on the off chance it's, you're an idiot. It's, yeah, the, the off noise chance you're is an enough idiot. to like, make most people recoil. Well, yeah, maybe so. it's not even just the noise, but I'm just like, dude, even though there's no chain on that thing, if it's spinning, like, you can still do, like, a little bit of damage with that thing. Like, yeah, that uh, can still hurt yeah. if you, you slip and fall and it's, fuck me yeah, up with exactly. it. Um, yeah. The other thing that that I can't stand because I will get pissed off is <laughs> when people try to get up in your face, where, especially when it's like, okay... You go into there with, like, having to sign something saying, like, you are not going to put your hands on the actors. It's like, okay, if I can't put my hands on you, yeah. then you are not putting your hands on me, and you're not getting up into my face. Like, yeah. like there was one guy who, like, I, re I remember vividly, like, he got up into my face, and he headbutted me. And I'm like, dude, seriously? Like, I can't, I, you made me sign something saying I can't touch you, but you can do whatever the hell you want to me? Like, no, 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 no. no. That it doesn't... Chances are that character was actually breaking a rule. I was like, it doesn't work There's, this way. There are a lot of them that, um, they have basically anywhere from, like, a one to, like, ten foot rule type thing. Okay. Where they're only, they're technically only supposed to get within a certain distance because... Anything beyond that, and you risk triggering assaults and stuff like that. I would imagine. Yeah. That. yeah. And that's, that's actually, with Fright Fest, we called the Gurney police more times a night than I care to admit. Mm -hmm. Because we would have people that would do the entire, oh yeah, we're here. They're not there to enjoy the, the show, to be scared. Mm -hmm. They're there to try to get away with actually assaulting people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So they'll go into the haunted houses and... Someone will scare, and they'll just, oh, who, here, motherfucker, boom, and just swing. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. And those yeah. people, like, they're constantly getting arrested for doing shit like that. Yeah, it's yeah. still assault, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Like, being scared was not so, a reason. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, especially like, in an event like that. Yeah. You went there with that intention, knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. It'd be different if someone... Went to a birthday party. <laughs> well, it's like those those stupid clown, like, did you ever see the, like, the when that yeah. came fab where the, the people were dressed clown, up as yeah. clowns to scare yeah. people? Yeah. If those people would have gotten assaulted, it would have been on them. Because they were doing something outside of the public norm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, any assault that happened to them is entirely on them. Yeah. But, like, when you go to a paid show and you get scared and assault someone, yeah. that's completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, definitely some interesting things. <laughs> definitely some interesting things. We've hit a lot of, a lot of topics. This is a long podcast. Uh, yes. Well, that's the whole point of podcasts. Yeah, that's true. I've tried to stick to an hour, but fuck it. It's a special Halloween edition, sort of. More survival Regulating horror Regulating podcasts. What are you thinking? 
I don't know. What? What was that? What, what, what was that? that? <laughs> oh, ectoplasm. It's running down my leg. Just got to look for some clues. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for our survival horror episode. Yes. Of uh, the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Oh, God. Survival horror for life. Yeah? Love it. If you could revive any franchise... Silent Hill. Of course. I don't know why... I even, <laughs> why did you even ask? Why did I even ask? <laughs> In second place, I would say Clock Tower. Yeah? I, I would love for them to go back to Clock Tower. A well-flushed-out Clock Tower would be pretty fucking yeah. sweet. Back where... With... with uh, 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 Scissor Man. It's yeah. gotta have Scissor Man in it. Absolutely. That is the clock tower that I am used to. Nothing else. None of the, the little girl from the second one. None of the supernatural elements from the third one and the magic that happened in the third one. Yeah. I want Scissor Man. I agree. Kevin? Be Galarians. If yep. they could manage to like keep the tone between the horror aspect of all like the experiments on the people and stuff and then being able to have those powers and doing sh- stuff, and then with modern stuff being able to make puzzles interactive with it it would just be amazing mm, absolutely yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go parasite eve like we said earlier i think that franchise would do extremely well today yeah. just because it's with what they could do graphically i think they could really make a a very strong title out of that so tell us what you guys think would be a great series to come back tell us your favorite survival horror games maybe some we missed or some you think we should try to play on the channel sometime uh, fuck. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to powertripgaming.tv. Watch the main channel where Paul and I try to beat the entire NES collection. Yes. And watch some of our side quest episodes where we play stuff that is off the main quest. It's true. We've been playing Resident Evil 4, Rule of Rose. Castlevanias. Uh, we, we've done, like, uh, Castlevania 4, Castlevania Bloodlines, and all those other good stuff. And Symphony of the Night without Paul. And Symphony of the Night. Night. (laughs) That's true. You bastards. (laughs) Kevin, as always, thank you for being with us. Yep. So, uh, still haven't thought of an exit for the Powercast yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can't use that song anymore, remember? Remember. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) So, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Now you're listening with power.